This edition of The Car Wash is brought to you by Gillette Skin Guard. Gillette Skin Guard is the razor you've been looking for. This is the first razor designed specifically for men with sensitive skin. It shaves hair and protects the skin thanks to its unique new Skin Guard technology positioned between the blades. Say goodbye to razor bumps and skin irritation with Gillette Skin Guard. Today is a great day for a car wash. Yeah, sure. Car wash. <laughs> this is the car wash on Sakala Duma Radio. This is a Hangana Corner. Okay, so episode eight of the car wash. As you may uh, recognize, the voice is a bit different to Slu Paho, your usual uh, host. It's Clint Roper standing in for mm. Slu today. Um, and <laughs> it is a great honor to be part of this, uh, <laughs> this uh, car wash show. The final one of 2019. Um, in studio, as always, we have uh, co-hosts, Sean Roberts. Thank you. Uh, and uh, Teko Medise. Bye, donkey. <laughs> and the first ever Car Wash uh, guest live that we have in studio, the legend himself, Matthew Booth. Matthew, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. <laughs> it's great to have my, uh, my, my boot on the desk there as well. <laughs> Size 15. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it's still so clean. You just used to head the ball. Hey, 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 hey. Hey. Hello, hello. <laughs> All right, guys, I think uh, let's get straight into it. I think um, Telcom Cup final is uh, the one that we're talking about first up. Yeah. Uh, that right, what did you guys think of the game? I thought uh, Sundown's eh? a little lucky to come away with it in the end. I Could have gone anyway. Um, take all you worked today. Hey? You were at the game. Mm-hmm. Just behaving in Durban as usual. Um, offside or not offside? That's the question. Maddie, did you watch it? Yeah, I felt from the from the correct camera angle, he was offside. Yeah. Um, but more importantly, the the episode just before that, a couple of minutes before that, where they had another offside decision, where they got into another dangerous moment, mm. I felt that was onside, and they, were, they had a good shout in 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 scoring, you know, from that position. But obviously, everybody was talking about the the last episode. But I felt that that was just offside. Yeah. Mm. Monsieur Mary as well. On fire. Yeah, look, I mean, we were all talking about VAR and what it could do for, for the PSL. I watched one of the, the magazine shows last night, uh, Extra Time, mm. I think it was. Um, and they showed that they actually got it, uh, the linesman got it spot on, that, yeah. um, that the attacker was three and a half meters away from the end line. And um, the defender was four meters away from the end line, which means he was offside. The question is, if that happened in the other box... Uh, and it was a, a Sundowns player scoring a goal to equalize. Would the linesman have been as brave Juicy. and raised uh, his Juicy. flag? Um, and I think that's possibly where. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. That's possibly where, where Marisburg United don't get the, the rub of the green, as they say in that yeah. particular I mean, that, that, that linesman wasn't convinced himself. I mean, he's f-ing holding that flag. Like, but it was a big decision, man. It was the right decision. Yeah. It was the right decision. Brave decision, correct decision. Does he make it on the other side of the field with Putsuma Samani, the, 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 mm. the coach, if it was a Sundowns guy scoring the equalizer, Teko? Well, most definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> we all know that. But I think, I think on the game itself, I mean, Marysburg started very, very well. I think... Um, They're pushing the, the ball around so nicely. Eh? Yeah, the, the tactics were Ooh. better. And, um, you know, there's different personnel in the team that actually makes the team now no longer being that predictable before. Because yeah. we used to, like, you know, play those long balls using, using pace in front. But now you've got your Keegan, your team in the midfield, your class, and, you know, they've got that one-touch play. Mm. Like, those moments where they've played very, very well. And looking at the Sundowns team, I thought, you know, Sundowns with those players on the pitch, they actually to force um, dominance. You know, Marisbeck will end up being that defensive side, but it wasn't the case. Mm. And um, yeah, they had nothing to lose. eh? Exactly. It was almost a reversal of roles. It looked like uh, Mm. Marisbeck were playing... Piano and Shoeshine at one yeah, stage and the uh, Sundowns were going the aerial No, no, yeah. no. That, that area of Piano Shoeshine and Sundowns long gone. We all know that. Yeah. But anyway, at second half, and I think um, Sundowns came back being a different team. You know, they started maybe being, causing a little bit of threat, but still, Marisberg was playing better. But after Sundowns scored that first goal, it became a problem. Mm. But then again, they scored with, you know, two headers. They never actually created open chances yeah. to actually score. That's how difficult it was for them. I think I also said on Friday on the show that if you give Sundowns position, they might not do anything about it because then they're looking for that space behind mm. and Marisberg mm. wasn't giving them space behind. So let Sundowns play in front of you. 
and then you're gonna probably have joy because now you're forcing them to actually put um your right back and left back to be in advanced position mm -hmm. then you're creating that spaces to actually attack and that's why msemidi was having so much joy and um and yeah i mean that controversial uh decision yeah. like, from where we were sitting actually i thought it was a goal and I was like, yo. Labusa should have had a penalty as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was yeah, a clean yeah, penalty. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that was a clear penalty. But I thought, you know, we were sitting actually speaking about it. We're like, ah, oh, that's a goal. But then the slow-mo, you know, then realized that yeah, that was a big decision. And normally referees don't get it right at that time, you know. But I thought if you'd, uh, if you'd have asked me, I was like, uh, give an advantage to a team that actually attacks. They'd be too mm. Let's go with extra time. That's a fun one. But anyway, it was a great game. And I my good old friend Julia pressing Eric. <laughs> At the end of the game, Eric was so yeah, oh, he wasn't chuffed there. Eh? Eric was, but also I didn't, I didn't like what um, what Pizzo said actually. You know, like him saying that uh, we're benefiting um, and all that stuff, which means he's he's condoning the bad refereeing as well. Just because it's on his side this time around, and he wants to celebrate it. I mm. think if if we want to deal with certain issues, especially about the referees, let's be consistent about them. You know, and being the person that you are, you must understand how big Pizzo is. I don't think at times you understand what kind of a person he is, what he means to South African football, not only in South Africa, but in the continent as well. So whatever that he says, people actually take it. Sure. So he needs to actually be mindful of what he said and how he says it. It's, it's no longer just a coach from Vela team. You Did know? you see a celebration as well at the end of the game? Yeah, yeah, the Messi celebration. Looking like Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think, Teko, you hit the nail on the head there with regards to consistency. That's all we asked from the officials so i felt that the linesman got it right and that yeah. with the mosimeri goal um being offside but then the decision before that i thought was a poor one mm. which uh, could have led to another goal for marisburg uh, but what struck me was the confidence of mosimeri after his two goals against chiefs mm. the way he's been playing since he really he really busts labusa yeah, yeah, and, and company yeah, in that first powerful. half he's a powerful powerful player and what also struck me was the fact that uh, onyango and ofori who i really rate Top goalkeepers, they made they made two two errors yeah. uh, leading up to that. Um, yeah. You know, with Lubusa covering Mosimedi, uh, there was no reason for Nyonga to come out, oh. and then Afori misjudging their first goal. So yeah. that was a little bit disappointing from two quality goalkeepers. Yeah, two of the best keepers yeah, in the league for without sure. A doubt. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was a it was a strange one. Yeah, I mean, Ateka makes a good point. You do give Sanams the ball, and they can play in front of you. You can get behind them. Um, and we know uh, um, Patrice is a massive fan of uh, of Barcelona. He's flown them out twice to play against his team, mm -hmm. um, and and Barcelona get uh, get get accused of the same thing at times, where they just play in front of you that they don't hurt you. I think what is what is very cool is that Pizzo has found a way to to win ugly or Plan B, if you mm -hmm. want to call it. Mm -hmm. um, and for Which a, was the case. a carpet playing team yeah. like Sundowns are. To win with two headers, yeah. stick it in the box, one set piece, one open play. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I had soft him to to finding a different way. Uh, good signing not, at not even Barcelona have done that yet. So, so yeah, yeah, yeah. To put, so. Hell of a player, eh? Yeah, I know he's a good player. He's a good player. He knows he knows how to hold on to the ball. He knows what to do with the yeah. ball. And uh like if you look at the Mamelodi Sundance lineup, you see Afonso, you know what's gonna come. You know, and uh, like Matthew said, you're looking at uh, Ofori, you know that he's a big boy. You know, he should be commanding that area of presence, but he was not. And uh, same with Onyango, the first take. Actually, uh, Musiamedo could have scored, actually, with a similar goal that he scored. The first one where um, Lebusa bumped yes, into Onyango yes, as well. Yes, yes. It was the same thing. You exactly know, the same guiding thing. Guiding the player from there, clear the ball, mate. But uh, yeah. then let's come back and defend. But yeah. because he, uh, Musiamedo was such a problem that day, um, it, it made it difficult for Lewis to deal with him. And it's very surprising to see Msiamedi playing like that. I played with Msiamedi for two years. Dude, I've never even seen half of the stuff that he's doing right now. Seriously? And I actually told him before the game, I'm like, I told him on Friday, I'm like, oh, now you're playing for Marisbeck, now he's going two against Chiefs. You never even scored a training year. Crazy, yeah. <laughs> but it shows, you know, that uh, the, the the trust that they have on him, uh, Eric, you know, maybe mm. the environment for him that side is way better. And you can see, like, he's growing now, he's confident. And it was amazing to actually see that. Because I thought Marisbeck actually is a final. The stage is too big for them. Sundowns players have been in similar situations for a long time. And probably maybe Marisbeck might freeze a little bit. If they start well, and then maybe they might get into the game. But they, they play like... It would be nice to see that consistency with Maritzburg now going into the league. Yeah. Because when they play, you actually enjoy watching them, you know? Yeah. But they've been too inconsistent in the league. Phenomenal, but you're right. They didn't. They didn't show clear responsibility. They brought a. They brought a game plan, and they and and they were brave enough to play that kind of football. Yeah, yeah. great to see. What, what, I've, what I've noticed against Sundowns as well, they two games over golden arrows. When they played it, when they play against a three-man midfield, 
they kind of struggled to a certain extent. Sure. And a lot of the teams mm. dominated with, with regards to possession and mm. crowd them out in that midfield. And uh, with Marisburg, they definitely played with a back four for a change. Mm. Um, sometimes I watch them and I think to myself, what are they playing at the back? You know, Because mm. Mgonyama sometimes slots in when, they, when they're under pressure. Morgan as well. Yeah. They definitely play with a back four, three in the midfield. That Tim, uh, Klaassen and Buchanan, Buchanan yeah. uh, midfield looks looks, looks quality. Very, very um, and I think that's that's something that coaches have picked up against Sundowns is trying to dominate them in the midfield with sure. three men. Yeah. And also on, on that, Matty, at, at, at certain areas, in certain moments, you'll find the Marisberg wingbacks will come back and form a line of six at the back. Mm. So now you're forcing Sundowns to actually play, play, play. But then again, at Sundowns, even though they've got so many good midfielders, they don't have a person that actually can pass those through balls. Mm. Except for some point, he plays deeper, then he plays those long balls. But for a team that's playing in the block, to actually force those penetrative pass, Sundowns, they don't have a player like that. Hence, mm. him saying that if you give them position, you defend in the block, they find it very difficult to to actually penetrate and then it forced now your Serenio to do individuals your timber Yo, you can see rely on him a bit yeah, more yeah 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 but then what, it, what was nice about it was like with Sundance you know that Moreno will forever come mm. Langaman will forever come but they were Marisbeck had threats with the speed, mm. with Kunene and uh, the other boy on the right. Mm. So now they forced Langaman to stay deeper, they forced Morena to stay deeper. So now what they were relying on was Andile and uh, Tembazwane and Sorini to do the work. Hence, they tried it, but when Marisbeck had the ball, they knew exactly what to do with the ball. Because sometimes we're defending deep, teams that are actually defend deep, when they have the ball, they start kicking forward, it comes yeah, back yeah, again. Yeah, yeah. So now you're giving Sundowns a dominance. But with Marisbeck, they had a game plan and, and Eric is doing very, very well. So are you saying Sundowns are missing a navigator? No, man. One Peter the <laughs> no, no, it's just that now they they're playing differently. That's that's a fact. They're yeah. playing differently and uh, differently. You meaning too predictable? We can't say they're too predictable because but but the team that leading is South Africa, so it mm. makes it easy for us to actually start looking at them differently and try to figure out what is it that you actually need to do. Do, to do you think playing on the continent them? is affecting the way they play? That they are coming back with something different? I think it improves them. I think it improves the team in 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 knowing exactly that. Um, when to win and how to win mm. because I remember at some stage at Sundowns we always wanted to play the same way and uh, once we started being involved in the you know in, in Champions League we started having a different mentality because now when you get there you don't know what the pitch, the condition of the pitch are like mm. so you can't rely on passing football so you need to find different dynamics of playing and from that we learned a lot when it came to, 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 to local Whenever we had difficulties, we'll resort to the Champions League mentality. We'll find ways out to win. So I think from for them to be always there, I think it improves the team. That's why you can see them that they can win a game in the 90th minute. They can win the game yeah. in the first minute. And they don't. They know that they're gonna win. Yeah. So they don't panic and they don't resort to anything different. But it's just that my disappointment over the weekend was Marisbeck knew that Ofonso is there. Yeah. So there's no way that they're gonna use space behind. So they need to deal with those those crosses Which coming in. And I was actually hoping that Ofori will be the one that actually brings them into the game because he has saved Marisbeck so much. Plenty. And I thought that with the mistake that he did. The, the cross from open play, you can't really fault him. Obviously, the keeper made the wrong decision, possibly should have come out with two hands or, or, or try to cover Just be a bit, bit, bit more aggressive. Just more physical. Yeah. Yeah. Through him. But from a set piece, yes, it's a big boy you're marking, but you don't have to win the ball. All you've got to do is deny the space for him yeah. to win the ball. Exactly. And that's maybe where, where that was you a bloody good header, hey. Yeah. 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 He, knew, he knew exactly what he was Brave. doing. Yeah. 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 I think Mosimedi must take, I think it was him that was marking Alfonso and that, um, for, for the second one. Um, and that, that just shows me that Marisberg perhaps lack a little bit of presence at the back take that the, you have take, a, a striker who's done mm. so much work yeah, yeah. up front for you. Yeah, yeah. He's got to drop back in and, and mark the big man. Correct. Yeah. And just deny him the space to get into the, as you say, don't have to win the, win the header. But that's Telcom Cup hats off to Pizza, some more silverware. Um, incredible. Sure. Mr. Matthew Booth, we have a, a tradition here at the car wash called 10 quick fire questions, which we usually, um, we usually pre- Pre-record. Pre-record. But for the uh, first time ever. The first time ever we're gonna <laughs> we are live. doing this live. Are you so, ready, my um, boy? Our, our man at the helm <laughs> is, is Sean Roberts. Ten questions, chilled. Okay. Okay, my boy. Go for it. Funniest guy in the PSL you've played with. Besides yourself, um <laughs> There must be some really unfunny people in the PSL. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll probably have to say Monib Joseph's. Mm. Yeah. Flashiest dresser. Okay, flashiest. Um, uh, I must say, um, Teko's up there. You know, he's, he's quite well dressed. Um, no, well well dressed. I wouldn't oh. say flashy. I love um, the bow tie that Teko sometimes wears. Yeah. That's when you really take it to the next level. I, don't. I think <laughs> that, uh, I, I, I work with Stanton Fredericks and Jimmy Town. They 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 know they know their class. Yeah, yeah okay. as well. Worst dressed. 
Um, Besides yourself, you've always got that like a little belt. Remember that animal belt. <laughs> <laughs> Must be a lot of animal to make that belt, by the way. <laughs> at, at Cape Town Spurs, I had a, I had a guy called Patti Lacoste. He was from Congo. <laughs> and um, yeah, I know you were just something special. You can never, <laughs> you can never get it right. <laughs> uh, worst mistake in a match? I think under 20s uh, World Youth uh, Champs in Malaysia, I was I gave a nice little uh, back pass to Thierry Henry, and he <laughs> he ran through and scored for my mistake. Really? I'll never, I'll never forget that. Yeah. I think he's done that to a couple of big central defenders. <laughs> yeah. in life, so I wouldn't take it too hard. <laughs> Teammate who thinks he's funny, but he's actually not. Probably Cole Alexander. <laughs> His name's come up before, I think. Yeah, I think yeah, we've had that he's one poor. He's poor. Um, best footballing memory? That's pretty easy. I think that was Brazil in the Olympics, 2000. 3-1 mm -hmm. win. Mm -hmm. yep. That's an incredible... That was an incredible moment for yeah. South African football. Yeah. Yeah. We thought we had arrived when, when you guys did that, but then Japan came next, I think it was. <laughs> well, it was Japan first, and then we, <laughs> we lost Sorry. to Slo Slovakia, which yes, is typical Slovakia, South Africa, exactly. isn't it? We yeah, yeah. <laughs> rise wow. to the occasion about, uh, against the big boys. and then <laughs> Story yeah. of our lives, eh? Yeah. <laughs> uh, best goal in a match or most important goal? Um, probably... I've got this on an old VHS cassette. Um, I don't think anybody would have... Believe me, but I, I scored from outside the box against Kwakwa uh, Stars against Potende Shelley. Remember him? I yeah. don't. Um, and I ran off the field and I got a yellow card because I just couldn't <laughs> believe in <it> myself. <laughs> <laughs> Who were you playing for then? Uh, Cape Town Spurs. Yeah. Um, your favorite car doesn't necessarily necessarily be the car you have, but your your favorite car. I'm driving a, an Audi A5 at the moment, and I've, it's the first time I've actually bought two consecutive A5s because uh, I love the shape so much. I, I really, I'm enjoying that. Favorite local food? Beside my wife's. Um, what does she cook? Oh, everything. She's good, good at everything. This is live and recording, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Be careful, Matthew. Yeah. We've got to run on the line right now. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's a difficult one. I like I like um, but Indian, uh, Mexican, Thai, and food. You know. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> Very spicy. <laughs> Quick questions today. And uh, favorite holiday destination? Uh, anyway, down to the coast, uh, Cape Town, Durban, uh, wild coasts. Yeah. Not, like, nothing abroad, you, you, you mainly stay in the country? What about broads? Abroad, yeah. <laughs> Don't you like um, Morocco? Yeah, yeah. North African, it's, the, the architecture is uh, is fantastic. We love the food as well. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's it, eh? But Matty, just in general now, you um looking at launching a book. You're doing a lot of TV work. You've just finished your studies. What's, what's sort of exciting you at the moment? What's the next step for Matthew Booth? Yeah, just from an education point of view, I'm also on a couple of panels, the PSL uh, Disciplinary Committee, um, also the SAIDS guys, um, South African Institute for Drug-Free Sport, mm. uh, the guys who used to test us. So just from an education point of view and having to read up on legislation and you know constitutions and stuff like that. What, happens, what happens if you get found out with drugs? Well, What's the step? For example, I mean, you're a first-time offender who does, who gets uh, caught having perhaps smoked marijuana, which is quite probably the most common case for footballers. Uh, we don't we don't really get caught with with hardcore recreational um, or recreational stuff. So, mm. um, just from affordability, that's not really never really been our, <laughs> our, our issue. You know? But but how 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 is marijuana? performance enhancing like how did you know what i mean it's it's not necessarily but it's it can be a danger to your fellow players yeah. uh, guys who you're playing with and against you know obviously like it's not a good idea in the change room or something. <laughs> <laughs> not a good idea to be playing to be playing high so first time offenders you normally get um a six months um a sentence mm. And then a two year and then a four year uh, if you get caught with uh, cocaine or something heavier uh, steroids, etc. That can be a, an immediate four-year ban. So, sure. yeah, a lot of lot of footballers believe that uh, of, in the off-season you can you can smoke uh, dacha, and it it's easier it's easy to get rid rid of it um, by the time you you start training again, mm. and that's not the case. Uh, each each one to their own. So rather just not risk it. Uh, I mean, it's, it's six months, you know, of of income. 
that's uh, going out your pocket. Mm. So rather not risk it and just wait until you retire if you want to <laughs> indulge. <laughs> Talking about six months of income and the PSL disciplinary committee, the yeah. McCaller case, you were not involved in that? No, no. Nothing no. at all? No, I, I, they've got, uh, um, they've got a, quite a high rotation and a big pool of um, uh, professionals, normally lawyers, advocates, guys in the medi- medical uh, profession. Uh, they've only got a couple of ex-players. Um, Idris Burton is another one. Um, so it's just a case of having somebody that is kind of in your corner or knows what you've gone through, a sympathetic uh, ear. Uh, but yeah, I've, I've, I haven't, uh, uh, I've observed a case, but I haven't sat on one yet. Interesting. So yeah, we were speaking about studies. So what's next? Yeah, I think... You've just um, finished, eh? I've got to get my finger out with regards to the book. I'm really keen on that project. Um, whether I self-publish or not, um, I want to do it. Mm. Uh, the book is... is I've interviewed 16 uh, football personalities. I wanted to get half of, the, of each chapter as funny anecdotes uh, that they've experienced throughout their <laughs> career. And then the other half, uh, life lessons, whether it be finances or mm. girls, alcohol or drugs or whatever you... And I've had some incredible stories so far. Um, so I want to get that published. Um, there's going to be some great pictures in it as well, Sean, so just for you. Um, uh, and then I'm also involved with an artificial grass company up in um, Johannesburg. Um, and I feel with our, you know, in this area, in this region, mm. just from the water savings point of view and from a developmental point of view, uh, I know growing up, you know, the type of fields that we had to play on uh, to to now have the true run of the ball, to be able to to have kids develop good good technical skills, I think it's it's vitally important. Just with the with the book, Matthew, I've read a couple of chapters you've mm. sent to me and and got my feedback, and I think it's going to be an incredible read for South African uh, soccer fans, but for the greatest South African uh, audience as well, because. Um, not all of the people who, who possibly read that are, are soccer players per se, but would be interested in life stories. Um, and um, in terms of getting this book off the ground, what is it that, that you're needing? Is there a sponsor that needs to come on board perhaps uh, that can help you get this published so that we can make a, a bigger deal about it? Um, uh, and possibly they're listening to this. Yeah, again, because I've just finished my studies now, can I concentrate on something like this and uh, just retiring from football, I find it difficult to even write up a proposal. To mm. corporates i didn't know how to do it you know i had to learn learn about it you know this is something that footballers should be able to do immediately you know sure. and, and transition smoothly into into something like this so yeah i've got to approach corporates um i've got to get a publisher on board but that's that's not a necessity you can self-publish as well um so yeah a lot of the publishers get put off by the fact that it's a sports book but i feel that it's got a wide a wide appeal it's not only for potential young professional players any any sports fan that's interested in a in a in a athlete's psyche and what they have to go through just from all of a sudden having that regimen taken away from you not knowing what to do with your life you know uh, not not being in a in a team environment anymore psychologically that that was that's a huge blow but the one aspect of this book you know the one theme that runs true through all the chapters is that players, professional, youngsters, kids, they need to learn how to persevere. Mm. You know, there's things in, in life which you don't need to be talented at, arriving on time, things like that, because the, the, the talent pool is so small and tight globally. It's often things like arriving on time, being determined, persevering, that, that put you apart from somebody that's even more talented than mm-hmm. you. Yeah. And I think that Staying was... Thanks for that extra half an yeah, hour training or whatever. That was the main theme that was running through this book, besides, you know, all the other interesting... I mean, imagine a Jabu Maklangu or a Jeanette Hartley read this book as a yeah. as a kid, where they could have got to. Um, They're probably in the book, eh? <laughs> yeah, you know, Jabu's told his story already. Yeah. Um, I think he's it's well documented yeah. uh, what happened with him. Uh, so I've got some other interesting personalities that um, have told me some incredible stuff, um, and that hopefully the public will find mm. interesting as well. And coaching, have you ever thought about coaching? So myself and Sonia, we we started a, a MPO in 2009. Yeah. Um, I actually did a, a coaching clinic um, in Franschhoek on uh, a couple of days ago with Brent Carlos and David Kanamir. Yeah. So again, um, most of it has been uh, cash from myself and Sonia who have put it in and sort of try to keep the, the trust going. I and mean, that's something that I would like to get corporates involved with as well. It's half book clubs and half coaching clinics. 
and uh, there's a large pool of ex-players who haven't been incorporated into the industry, uh, whether it's from the PSL or, or SAFA's side, who have got 15, 20 years experience. And mm. it's not, I don't think they're being utilized properly. So I've gotten them on board um, and uh, the kids absolutely love it, especially if they can remember who <laughs> yeah. Matthew Booth is or, you know, um, Cyril Nzam or... Yeah, um, well, you've got a face you can't forget. No, yeah. thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Phenomenal. All right, we're about to get into my starter pack. But before we do, you brought up an interesting uh, topic there. And, um, and this is massive, not just for professional football players, but all, all sports is what happens when you call it a day? Um, and it'd be interesting. We've got three, mm. three players. You recently, but recent legends of of the game. If I were to, if we take a snapshot right now, what's been the hardest transition from being a professional footballer athlete to becoming part of the regular population? Because not all of us can be coaches. Not all of us can be, be TV presenters. Yeah. Not all of us can. It, it, it's a it's a difficult time. I, having been at Soccer Duma for twenty years. Obviously, I've grown up with a lot of footballers that have come through and I've seen them go, go from our front cover, guys like Steve Lekalea and Jabu, who dominated our front cover, to life after football. And it's not always a, a pretty picture, guys like Tsova Lakazi, who should be like a Ryan Giggs and these guys have got very, very comfortable lives. It's not easy. What's been the hardest thing for you? Let's go around uh, this way. Sean, hardest thing about, about stepping away from the game and, and not being a professional athlete? Yeah, I think... Um only really this year I've sort of released the ego you know it's okay not to be a professional soccer player now and and slowly gradually move into something else which I'm doing um, but I think being away from 40 guys every day working two hours a day and to be fair getting paid to do something that you absolutely love and now moving into reality um, that's been the hardest thing for me um, and still continues so, to be so hard. being part of a tribe yeah 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 absolutely and that that's also the feel of not having a purpose that yeah, lack of purpose that's deep yeah that's deep yeah Mr. Booth it's very surprising coming from you as well as <laughs> <laughs> being as the goalkeepers play a different sport to the rest of the footballers <laughs> by the way because the tribe's yeah. even smaller yeah. but they're not footballers they use their hands yeah. <laughs> Matthew what, what's been the hardest thing for you obviously you've busied yourself mm. with uh, with improving yourself uh, education getting involved in, in in a lot of good work outside of football but there has to be something that you go wow Life was a lot easier then. Yeah, I think uh, Sean hit the nail on the head. I think that's true for all of us. Uh, what he said, for me, I missed the traveling. Uh, I was a big part of it. I love my family, but I also love to get away once in a while. Mm -hmm. um, and to see South Africa, to see the continent, uh, I missed that. Uh, that was packed into my early career, playing for under 20s and under 23s. So that's something that I really miss. Um, and then... I think it's been difficult for me to to come to the realization that even as ex-footballers, we still have this ego that Sean talks about and certain amount of petty politics. And we've we've attempted to organize ourselves a number of times and it's failed because of that um, for small reasons. Egos? Uh, yeah, egos. Egos. And I think players not realizing that you can't afford to have that attitude anymore. We've got to get together and organize. Certain organizations are not going to do it for us. Mm. Um, so that's been disappointing for me and that's been difficult to come to terms with. But we're still knocking on the door. We're still um, whittling down the group and deciding who's good for the group and who's not. And we'll, we'll get there. Because you hear a lot of the fans say, oh, why isn't Lucas, uh, uh, you know, president of Safa? Why isn't uh, Mark Fish involved? Why, you know, so-and-so? But guys have got to realize that an organization like Safa is very protective. You know, they're not going to just welcome us in. So you either take the long road, you either become chairman of your local uh, club and then LFA and then work yourself up. And then in 20 years, you might have a chance. Yeah. Um, or you perhaps run your own parallel organization and do something good for, for, for the football industry. You're talking in terms of a, a new players union. That sort of thing. Or an unofficial legends club. Yeah, I think the players union have done a pretty good job considering what they've come up against. Yeah. Uh, but I think you can form an organization which doesn't necessarily need to be in competition with the union. Huh. Yeah, so very similar to perhaps the, the rugby legends. Mm. I don't know if you're familiar yeah. with that. Uh, they've done hell of a well. They've actually been adopted by Saru. Um, a lot of their coaching uh, clinics have been adopted by them. A lot mm. of good players have come through that system. So something similar. 
a one one stop shop for for ex players. Hmm. Interesting. Something Normal similar. taker. Hmm? What is it you? I, I mean, you, <laughs> you uh, obviously stepped away not so long ago. Yeah, it was um, yesterday. <laughs> what is it you miss most about it? To be honest, um, just maybe the thrill of maybe playing those big games. You know, um, having to go through the emotions of the game itself. But other than that, was I knew exactly when I wanted to retire. You know. Um, and uh, I knew exactly what I wanted to do when I was done. So for me, it's 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 the transition hasn't been that difficult for me. And um, it just that at time, even when I was playing, I always felt that there's more that I can do, but just not just by playing the game itself, you know. Because I felt like footballers in South Africa, we're never given a platform to actually speak our mind or to actually be individuals because we're not allowed to. And I think I'll say this over and over again. I think guys that actually played before us. They never created that platform for us. So now we never knew what to expect. So we learned as we go. And then now the perception is footballers are very dumb. Like the only thing that they can do is just chase the ball and that's it. So for me, when, when even when I was still playing, like I always say like, guys, I just want to be in a position where I'm trying to change the narrative because um, I remember having a conversation with Tempers only years ago. He was scared to make interviews, do interviews actually. I was like, dude, at one stage in your life, you're going to be in a brand and um, you're going to be partnering maybe one of the biggest brands in, in the country and uh, now you're in a position where you have to speak about the brand and address people there and then if you're scared to do this interviews you're scared to speak you'll never know and then you get to that position now you're scared to talk so the brands that can actually use you more so you need to learn even if you do mistakes it's fine we all started like that sure luckily a year later and then we started being timbers that everybody knows and then started being part of your Palo World now started driving cars and all that stuff. So it's just that for me, I've always seen myself maybe 10 years ahead because I always knew that I wanted to be this guy. I wanted to do analyst in, in football and also just wanted to be a person that uh, put other footballers maybe that are coming after me, like in a, in a good spot, in a good position where we show our vulnerabilities. Like for us, for me to actually write a book and speak about the stuff that I went through, I'm trying to make you understand that you know, the road is not as smooth as you think it is. And for you, when you're facing so many issues that are, but that you still are, maybe as a footballer, you're not the first one. It's just that maybe guys that actually face the similar situation never came out and spoke about it. So now you must understand that, like Matthew said, you persevere, you you do all those kind of things. The chances are you might even come up tops. But then again, for for us, like with Tiko Mrisi, Spirit Shabalala, Renero Solonyane, we we in the same era where our responsibility is also to pave way for the guys that actually come after us, and uh, and I think that's 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 what we're supposed to do. I actually had a conversation with Pio about it. I was like, we need to be, we need to be doing that because it's so sad. Like you said, like meeting the guys that actually used to watch on TV, guys that you used to admire, and whenever you start having a conversation with them. You can feel that these guys never retired very well. They're still bitter about the game, this politics. And at that time, I don't have time for those things. Like, I'm, I'm not that I've got money, but it's just that I'm at peace with decisions that I made. Mm. You know? It's and, powerful, and, man. Yeah, and they're so, they're, they're so bitter and they're so angry that it makes them very, very difficult. It makes it very, very difficult to actually, for us to try and approach them if we want something or we want them to be part of something because you never know where their mindset are. You know, and, and, and the worst thing that they're doing is after playing the game, they hide. They just disappear. Yeah, you know, from and, them again. Yeah, and then 10 years down the line, then he's part of the Legends game, he's doing this. But also, there's so much that you could be doing. There's so much in South Africa that you could be doing. And uh, I think one of the things that people need to understand as well is if we need to tell our stories as often as possible. Mm. You know, we've got so much content in our stories and guys that play the game. So this is why we started this, Teko, you know? It's, no. This is the platform. Yeah, yeah. people yeah. don't want to come out and speak yeah. about that. And, and it's so sad that... We, we're keeping these good stories, you know, these entertaining stories, you know, and uh, the kids need to know about them because of, if you go now, I'm a, I'm a coach for under 16, so it's like, when you go there, they think you're like, ah, the comedy says, done it all, you know, he has no issues, whatever the case might be. But if we tell our stories and then we, we show as well that we own our stories and then be proud of where we come from, the stuff that we're doing, and now be in a position where you can, you know, you're doing something different, or whether you're giving back, whether you incorporate, whatever the case might be. But there needs to be that continuity. And I think, like you said, like there's so much pride in the guys that play the game. 
they they still feel like they're footballers as well they still yeah. feel like they need to be they you know they're still craving the attention sure. for me i've always said that i wish people knew the name but not the face i would still be good mm, sure. you know because of, i've never i've never been the guy that always wanted to be known but it's just that i've wanted to be the, the best that i could in mm. the sport that i was doing it's just that unfortunate that it comes with the face as well mm. but for me is i was never driven by the pride even today like i'm working with matthew and you sean as well i've i've, I've maybe this new era you can feel like it guys that are actually good with what they're doing they feel better they you know they open up they they relax they're more nice and relaxed but i was involved once two three months ago with the legends that were playing the game dude you just walk in like you can just feel the negativity inside mm. like the room it's so disturbing i actually after the game i actually told the guy that invited me there i said please you don't invite me again i don't wow. want to be part of this anymore because i because i can't it's just that and i understand people go through the different stuff but it just that once you retire for 10 years dude I'm sure that at some point you need to admit that you know what I'm no longer the community that people used to know and mm. stopped 10 years ago mm-hmm. you know you can't be dwelling on the past and be because it's very it's very it's very disturbing especially for me when I go through the Laduma pages or kickoff whatever the case you find an ex-football that play the game so well but he's so bitter and angry and and he doesn't even understand anymore he's lost into the game so now it brings in his bitterness into the game i feel i find it very very disturbing because these are the guys that we actually looked up to sure. and now you must understand as footballers actually reading this stuff they want to know actually what you did or what what is it that you did actually to come through and then now when you find people that are actually bitter and still thinking that they're still famous like they were 10 years ago it's very disturbing matthew any regrets um i think probably looking back um my West Ham trial uh that was probably the closest that I got to playing in the EPL I would have loved to have played in a more established league um at the time Natasha Chiklis asked for too much money and I and I really impressed Harry Redknapp who was there they were getting rid of Rio Ferdinand at the time and looking back at that you know even my youngster he's 11 years old and he keeps on saying ah daddy you know if it wasn't for sundowns you would have been playing in the EPL you know he's like yeah. he's besotted with football you know he keeps on yeah. reminding me about that and i always laugh it off and i it's just one of those things that i look back and i'm disappointed that it didn't turn out differently yeah. but you know 6 years in russia biggest comedy chooses like mm. uh, also turned out pretty well for me but that's yeah um i think that would be uh, a disappointment that i would look back on it russia yeah. i would have bounced in two days take <laughs> <laughs> away any regrets in your career anything yeah. you would change um i think um one thing that always come is not having or given an opportunity to go overseas mm. whereas i was convinced before i even joined the lana paris that players they're always going to be given a chance to go overseas and they had players as well that went overseas oj just left so we just left as well for denmark chance at the time just left you know there was a couple of um okonko just left so there were guys that actually just bounced so that's the reason why i signed for for lana paris because i was told face to face that doesn't if opportunities come don't worry you're going to leave and mm. I was I was very very and then within the first year I had the chance to go to Greece they were like now nah, we need a bigger uh, bigger footballing countries to come through and then when they came through now people start playing games I think I think I think that was the issue and instead of speaking up about it I kept quiet I think I should have spoken more about it I think I should have fought my way out I think that's the only regret like for me to test myself in 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 those leagues irrespective of where I was going to play I just wanted to have that opportunity to play overseas because I felt like I was good enough and yet I wanted to improve and uh, when that didn't happen I think it killed me for like two years or so I I was a mess for two years that's why I like I don't remember that two years because I think maybe I played one or two games because I was still fighting my own battles and uh, and I think it's a culture of South Africa like they want you to have ambitions but once the reality hits you can't do that So the certain teams when you sign a contract you must understand that this is like going to jail my friend. Wow. Also, but you also the, the I wish that the clubs would just play open cards with the yeah. players. Like just be honest and yeah, say yeah. listen this is yeah. what's happened this is the progress trust the player to be responsible enough to handle that information yeah. you know instead of hiding things and then you build up animosity then players that's why players these days they don't want to go to training and all they go AWOL you know to try and force, try and force hand, which yeah. is not the right way Everybody either they did you know? the same thing yeah. you know that's the problem like you you get there when this I need it, they're giving you all these nice things ice cream peanuts you know <laughs> they tell you all these nice things that you want to hear but when the reality comes now you hear the offers I think I think with Orlando Pirates I think if I was sat down and actually spoken to properly i think i would have understood because of they never told me what they wanted to do the reason why they 
rejecting all those forms, those, those those offers. But yet again, the saddest part was every email that was coming to the club was CC'd. So here's a boy from the shack somewhere in Soweto seeing the numbers that are on the on those offers, dude. And here I'm 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 playing at the national team with Matthews and them. And there's a big tournament that's gonna come in a couple of years. I don't want to play for a contract when that tournament comes. I want to be secured now so that whenever the tournament comes, I'm good. I know that after the tournament, I'm going to the country that I'm playing for. Sure. That was my main goal. And when that didn't happen, it forced me to play different in those tournaments. And I never had a great tournament. So I think that area, that space where I was fighting, I could have been training. But I was busy in the office, coming in and out, not knowing whether I'm allowed. I'll go to training. And then Krolo told me, Chief, they, the, they said you mustn't train, you must go to the office. I go to the office, there's no one there. The next thing, tomorrow. Then Same you, you get called on Friday and they say, Chief, um, you need to be in camp. There's a game on Saturday. You, you haven't been training for two months. And then Saturday, they put you in. You know, they threw you under the bus. And that, that was the same thing that was happening for me at London Paris. Now, the fans that don't know, they're thinking that because of the sponsorships and all that, now I'm big-headed. I think I'm bigger than the team. They're understanding that, they don't understand that the first conversation that I had at Parktown, here's what I was told. Like, dude, here's, here's, here's the platform for you. Um, you're in Bafana setup now. Just just play the best that you can. When offers are coming, we're going to release you. Now, when I came with the offers, like, yeah, the Matthew Booth, you're still in Pinar now, they're in your head, they're telling you you must go overseas. I mean, we all have ambitions to go overseas. Mm. As much as we had ambitions to play for big teams when you're playing for small teams, there's nothing wrong with that. Sure. But other big teams, once you have uh, big ambitions, they stop you from doing that. So that's the problem inside of football. They don't want to see players progress. And once you become a player that actually doesn't come back to them and beg for something, they don't like you. They say you're arrogant. You think you're bigger than anybody else. Because they want you to actually, once you're done, to like, can I please coach under 10? Can you please advance me 30 grand? That's what they like. Mm. When when you when you become smarter, you become more independent. South African teams, they don't like that, especially big teams. It's a fact. We can, we, can, we can check all these big three teams and tell me who is a legend that actually played for any of those teams that are still working today. Mm. Maybe either, either, either department. You can take Lucky Lukhwati. Now Lucky Lukhwati is an ambassador for Telcom, for this, for that. He played how many games in London Paris? Before Lucky Lukhwati, how many legends played for the game? Mm. You can still go to Kansas Chiefs. It's very, very difficult. Okay, you can always say Dr. Kumar, but how many how many players have played with Dr.? Mm. How many of those? You know, you can you can go back to the, yeah, I would see my peak and all that. They're still mm. there under 15. They'll never, Office never, money. never progress. Yeah, yeah but they'll never, Tabamuki. Mm. Never even had a beneficial mm. game. You know, there's, there's a list. There's a list. My, even at Sundowns itself. Mm. When, when Ezra Munyandura retired, nobody knew that they retired. He never said anything. Michael Manzini. Yeah, Peter just came in and said, okay, whatever the case might be. Then... Surprise, all, of sudden, all of a sudden, we never saw Ezrom coming to training anymore. Yeah. And this is the guy that actually welcomed me to the game, welcomed me to, to Mamelis announce, make me understand True. the setup and all that stuff. And this is the guy that I was actually watching That's with. Good point. Sir. So it, it is very sad. It's it's an ongoing thing. Yeah. That's why you find it very easy for small teams, for smaller teams to actually have players going overseas and blah, 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 mm. than bigger teams. In bigger teams, they always want to have this player that is a brand that will make supporters to come and watch the games. But then again, they don't want to match, match the numbers that we've been given overseas because at the end of the day we want to play we, as much as we play the sport that we love we always want to make money also so that we can survive after the game David, don't David, can I ask you a question though so when you sign for a big team like a Pirates or a Chiefs or a Sundowns is this not where your agent sort of earns his money he's not just there for the pay there but yeah. that contract that gets written and the details there's stuff like if, if a transfer request comes in from Spain or England um, we've got a release clause here. This is the, uh, you're not going to tie, is, is that, because it sounds like you were in the office fighting your fights. Yeah. yeah. Um, should they not be, I mean, when, when you listen to Europe and you, and, and they ask the players about their contract negotiations, they go, speak to my, speak to my agent. I just turn up at training yeah. and, and, and they, they deal with that. There seems to be a gap where either the big clubs just go, no, we, we're not playing ball with the agent. Get the player to come in and 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 sign on the dotted line, and that should be good enough. And yeah. you, they get they give you their word that yeah. the right thing will be done. But when it's not on the contract, when the time comes, yeah. the right thing isn't done. It, it sounds like what you're saying. Yeah, I think the biggest mistake that I did also was not to have um, about Claude at the time. But the thing is, like I thought my agent covered. You know, I'm covered. I know I'm going to play for a lot of prize for probably maybe two years, and then I'm out. Mm -hmm. But then again, when I started feeling like not trusting anybody. Because I felt like Jasmine wasn't doing enough. Uh -huh. um, and then I started taking things, you know, on my own. I'm like, sure. I'll, I'll fight my way out. And uh, yes, I tried. Trust me, I fought with so many people that, <laughs> that you don't even supposed to fight with. But I was fighting a good fight. I, was, I wasn't being rebellious or anything like that. I was fighting for the fact that I was told this is what's going to happen. Now it's not happening. 
what's the issue? Can we please, okay, let's come back again, let's talk. What's the issue? What is it that you want me to do? I'm giving you my all every single game that I play. Give me an opportunity, because at that time, I'm fighting this. You know, some of going for trials, my friend, at Tottenham. Trials. Tottenham. Can yeah. you imagine what it does to me? I can't be given an opportunity. And none of the teams that actually uh, 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 wanted me, they always wanted me to come and do medicals and sign with the team. No trials, no nothing. You know, some of has been given an opportunity to go trial to the name. I never had an opportunity to go anywhere. So I must stay in Orlando Pirates and be what? Wow. Because there's nothing that, at the time, the way I was playing, there was no way that I could play even better than the way I was playing at Orlando Pirates. I feel like for me to actually grow, yes, I'm giving this opportunity at the, at the national team. Yes, I'm playing against these big countries. Yes, but for me to improve, I need to play that level every mm. week. And I feel like Orlando Pirates, I can't improve because after, you know how difficult it is to play at the national team. You're playing, you might be playing Germany on Saturday. You're done playing Germany. You're going back to training on Tuesday. Come Saturday, you're playing against Baroque. You know how difficult that is to adjust. <laughs> It's very difficult. I'm sure Matthew, you've said it's very difficult. Yeah. Because uh, I'm, I'm, don't bring me into this conversation. <laughs> you've, you've made your bed now. You must. <laughs> it's very difficult. It's very difficult. You play. You play Mandela Challenge. You play USA. And then Tuesday you play in Canada. And then Wednesday you back a lot of Paris. You're training. Come weekend you play in Celtics. Yeah. Those are difference. It's very very difficult to actually all the time trying to adjust to play normal again. But for me, I just wanted to be playing in that in that in that level like Pinar was playing. Mm. And uh, lucky for me, I was in a national team where 80 to 90% of the players I were playing overseas. So I would ask questions when I needed to. Sure. Like, how does it feel? You know, all the stuff. So I used to ask Skilo so many questions as well. So I wanted to be in that position where I'm playing difficult games every week. Yes, I'm playing for London Paris. Those are big games required for us to win every day. But it's not as big as EPL, it's not mm. as big as Spain. And Spanish teams, EPL teams came, French teams came. And then now you're seeing at the pool of players that are playing there. It's very ridiculous because at the time they said, no, France is not a footballing country. Mm. Look at how many players we have in France. So that's, those are the kind of things that actually killed me at, at the time. But I needed to make peace with them. Sure. And um, Sundowns gave me an opportunity to make peace about it. I think I, I started having maybe more peaceful about it after winning the first trophy at Sundowns. I was like, okay, cool. Now, you know, the burden's off my shoulder. Let me just, you know, continue and, and see where this will take me. Okay, we're going we're gonna to move this along. If, but if I can make a plea to any PSL players currently listening to this podcast and any former ones, is I think what Teko and Sean um, are trying to do here is open up a platform to tell your story and to be brave and to help the others, the youngsters coming up behind you to do it better than you've done and to learn from your mistakes um, and where you've done the right things to share that information as well so uh, we're going to send that plea out there if you're friends of these two legends if you're friends of Matthews please share this podcast and let us know if you'd like to tell us your story as well because we'll definitely give you a shout we're going to jump to the other spectrum now and while we've been talking about life after soccer we are going to talk about uh, a podcast we do called My Starter Pack where we catch up with uh, current players, former players, and ask them about their firsts. I believe we've got Ryan Buerta uh, yeah, doing their starter pack. Is that right, Sai? Yeah, we got a little snippet from Ryan talking about his first splash purchase as a footballer. And and he's, quite a, he's quite a flash player himself. I believe yeah. he was on the cover of Men's Health at one stage. And <laughs> I, I think he, he regarded himself as the South African David Beckham. I think that's right. <laughs> he's I, got be, I believe him and one of the Win Stanley twins have a gym now. So I hope they're not listening to us because they're a lot bigger than I am. Um, but, um, but the guy could play at a hell of a left foot, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. He won uh, PSL goal of the season once while at Morocco Swallows. Very underrated. Um, and uh, he did a lot. I think, unfortunately, he missed the penalty for the under-20 threes if I'm not mistaken a vital penalty at one stage and I think that hung hung around his neck for a while but a great guy and a friend of the show let's let's have a listen my first crazy expensive purchase signing in Turkey in a, the Premier League and buying every member of my family a watch Ooh. an expensive watch <laughs> yeah, yeah, nice. I hope they all still have those they do they do they, they're nice watches <laughs> Yeah, so for the full episode, check out um, slradio.co.za. But yeah, Christmas time, crazy expensive purchases. Sean, sure. any plans? Mm, I'm going away to the bush or for the Kruger. Teko, are you going to buy me anything or? No. No. <laughs> Maddie? <laughs> no. 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 <laughs> no. No, we got no bonuses here. <laughs> <laughs> Christmas presents for the Socolodium <laughs> staff. Certainly not for you two. Right, let's move on. Car of the week. 
This week, I've chosen Didier Drogba's Mercedes SLR McLaren, which is only 20 million rand, which is not bad. Considering Ronaldo's last, what was last week? Nine million pounds he paid for the Bugatti. Yeah. Wow. It's a lot of money for a car. Local <laughs> lo local players don't take note. <laughs> Please do not do this. Invest wisely. <laughs> it's frightening, eh? Moving on to what we all wait for is the, the joke of the day, don't we? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, before we get to before, before we get to the joke of the day, because this is probably the worst part of the show, in my opinion, is the joke of the day. Um, but last week we we visited. We were visiting a lot of young players scoring around the world. Uh, and we had um, Barcelona set a new record for a 16-year-old scoring in the Champions League. And then we looked at our own league to say, you know, how often do you get these youngsters scoring in the PSL, never mind in the Champions League. Um, and I think we turned back the clock and we said that Steve Lacolea was one of the youngest. He scored, I think, at age 16 and 10 days. Teco, I think, was the one who pointed out that at that stage, he wasn't Lacolea, he was Mutsiri. Yeah. And nobody could really decide as to what really happened there. Why was there a name change? We've seen a couple of name changes. We went from Jabu Pule to Jabu Mahlangu. I think in, in, a, in a cleansing change of, of sorts at the time, uh, is how Jabu uh, described it. But we got it from the horse's mouth. And I was able to get hold of Steve, a good friend of Sokolo Dumas over the years. And, uh, and we had a short chat. And I think Simon's going to cue uh, that interview. Steve Chapalekolea, how are you? I'm good, man. Good, good. Thanks for taking the time to chat to us. I know you're a busy man. So welcome to, to the Car Wash, which is uh, co-hosted by Sean Roberts and Teko Modise. Are you a Teko fan? Yeah, um, yeah you know, Teko is a good player. Great player. Great player. Uh, it, 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 it has, has level. Uh, okay. There's no doubt about it. I hear you. Um, I, I got to ask you a question about Teko before we get into the real business. If, um, if yeah. it was an African Champions League final and Pirates needed a goal and they were awarded a free kick on the edge of the 18-yard area, who would you oh. rather have take that free kick? Would it be Teko Medise or Steve Lekolea? Oh, 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 yes, my man. It's me. <laughs> that, that, that is my territory. They, not... they, 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 they call it uh, Lekolea's place. <laughs> That's Lekolea's place. Yeah. yeah. So, so you would push Teko off the ball there? Yeah, you remember uh, uh, we play uh, uh, 11, uh, what 11 at, uh, at uh, Ellis Park. You remember that game? Yes. Yes, yes. It was a free kick uh, uh, between me and um, uh, 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 Kalusha Bala. You remember Kalusha Bala? Yes, of course. I, I wanted to, I wanted to take it there. He said to, he pushed me away. He said, no, Steve, I will take it. And he scored, scored at that free kick. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, okay. So, Steve Lecolea would take the free kick for Pryots. Otherwise, how are you, my man? So, for the listeners who are listening to the car wash, who are massive uh, Steve Lecolea fans, because you are a legend uh, of Orlando Pirates and South African football, what is Steve Lecolea doing these days? No, Steve now uh, is busy. Uh, want to open the academy for next next year. Um, I'm grooming the, the kids from the classroom, okay. uh, especially 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 the strikers, because uh, here in South Africa. We don't have uh, strikers. Uh, if you can see the, in the league, they, they score only 10 goals and 11 goals, which is the, the less uh, goals. Okay. Uh, even though I'm a, I'm a middle figure, but I want to produce the striker because that is the problem we have here in Chattafee. Okay, so that's fantastic. So, Steve Lecker, Leia Striker uh, Academy of Sorts, please let Sokola Duma know if we can uh, help with uh, any media coverage there because it's, it's vital that we produce no, strikers. You yeah, you know, uh, that Duma is always a partner uh, from a long, long time. Sure. That's why I'm not hesitating uh, uh, when you say you want to talk to me. I'm always uh, free for you. I appreciate it. Because you also helped me, uh, you, because you also helped me about uh, my image. Uh, the people that don't forget me about what I'm doing, you know. Sure, man. Absolute pleasure. And, yeah. thank, and thank you yeah. for that. Um, quick question. What do you think of Orlando Pirates this season? What do you think of the style of play? What do you think of what they're doing? No, I think uh, they made a mistake by chasing away Mijo. Because Mijo is a good uh, coach. Uh, but now they, they, they brought uh, another coach from Germany. Mm -hmm. But we don't know him, uh, that coach. We saw only the, 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 the status of how I was coaching in the previous uh, teams. Yeah. But uh, uh, we, we must give him a chance because we don't know about him. Let's give him a chance and we see uh, four games and then we see. 
what is going on about the head coach. What did you think of Rulani's uh, time in charge as an interim? No, you know, Rulani uh, is a good coach, but uh, the problem uh, is uh, Rulani's supporters, they don't have attention. You know, if you don't produce results, they will chase you away. And that's why we, yeah, I always advise the uh, everyone who's going to play for Paris must be a strong uh, mentally and physically because Paris, you know, they're a small team, they're a big team, they're in business. I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. All right, Steve. The the real reason we're actually calling you is in last week's edition of the Car Wash. We were we were discussing uh, that there's some very young players scoring goals on the biggest stage in European football at Barcelona. They had a youngster, 16, year, 16 years old, score, score a goal in the Champions League, which was an incredible goal. And then we started talking about young players in South Africa and in the PSL scoring goals. And, and your name obviously uh, came up because when you scored that goal, I think you were just 16 years old, was 16, it? Yeah, yeah 16 uh, against the Peter Parks uh, at the uh, East London. Yes. Uh, when I started to score a professional goal, and I was happy for that score. I was the only young player in the team that time. It was an incredible record. But then Teko brought up a point and he said, but at the time, was it Steve Lecolet or was it Steve Mozzeri who scored that goal? And um, and I think at the time, your name was, was not yet Lecolet. That's correct, right? Yeah, yeah that's true. Uh, I was using my mother's name at that time. That's why they called me Mozzeri. Uh, Even now, the people still call me Mozzeri because it's my mother's name I kind of about okay, so what we wanted to know is, is nobody really had the story as to why it changed to Lecolet. What, what what was the exact story? Why exactly did you change it? Why, what what made that decision? No, uh, uh, it was a time that uh, I must uh, use my uh, father's name because uh, there was uh, some issues between my parents. But uh, that time, uh, my parents, they, they solved that, that problem. And then I, I used my Lecolet's name. Okay. Well, yeah. Steve, thank you for taking the time to chat to us and for clearing that up. And um, we will definitely have you on the car wash again. I hope you listen to the show. If you don't, download it and, and listen and, and hear what your friend Teko and Sean has to say. And thanks for being such a good uh, friend of, uh, of Soccer Laduma. Okay, you're welcome, my man. And thanks for uh, time for having me in the car wash uh, uh, radio station. <laughs> All right. Take care, my friend. Bye-bye. <laughs> okay, thank you, man. All right, so that was uh, Steve Lecolet from Inside the Car Wash. And uh, we thank him for his time and clearing that up from the horse's mouth himself. Good lad. Do you know you, Do you know Steve? I don't. Not at all. Teko, no. you obviously yeah, no, you yeah. obviously mixed with him. Yeah, yeah, a lot and, of times. Um, Matthew, you played with him, eh? Yeah, Football? Yeah, yeah. under 23s. So. <laughs> um, no, good lad. And we, we often play the a couple, you know Legends games and socialize, uh, social football and stuff. People don't know how funny he's. Yeah, no, he's, he's quality. Yeah, yeah, good, good guy, good guy to be around with. Him. Talking about a clown, uh, <laughs> he's another clown. <laughs> Sean, Sean Roberts is up with with probably the weakest content of the show. We, if you're a soccer, if you're a footballer with a joke, please phone in and let us know so we can replace this segment. I'll get my whistle ready. Uh, can I retract what I said about him being the funniest guy <laughs> yeah. now? Before he tells us. <laughs> All right, let's see what gold you got for us here. All right, so what football club do sheeps like? Barcelona. Ah, come on. <laughs> hmm. Surely that's a straight red and a six-month suspension yeah. for, for hurting our readers, oh, our listeners' ears. Oh, it just gets better every week. Oh, that, 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 that one was the worst one. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, I know week. you've given us worse, but that's a bad Barcelona. <laughs> come on. <laughs> all right, boys, we end off. We, we end off with our motivational quote of the week, which I get from uh, all the footballers' instas, and this is from Mr. Dalen Clarkson: "Invest in yourself; it's the best thing you can do." Wise words from a wise guy. Yeah, no, that's what I call deep. <laughs> <laughs> deep. Clancy. Yeah, and it seems to be the theme uh, that Teko was talking about earlier: uh, invest in yourself as a young footballer, and make sure you take care of uh, what comes after. So. Matthew, thank you so much for gracing us with your presence. Enjoy your time here in in the Cape. Um, and as I say, with your with your book, let us know what's going on. Let us know how we can help. Teko, thank you for your time and and for the first uh, year of the car wash. Appreciate yes, everything sir. that you've done. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. First eight weeks. First eight weeks, and uh, <laughs> you just been eight weeks, brother. 
Eight weeks. First eight, eight weeks. weeks of many. That's yeah. for sure. That's yeah. longer than some coaches' coaching career. So we've done well to keep Car Wash going. Sai, I think uh, Sean, you have a stay as well. Thanks for the thank you, sir. For eight weeks Thanks for the fitting in uh, for Slu. You are unbelievably thank bad. You. Thank, thank you. you. I will. I will. I will take that to <laughs> to my to heart. Sean, uh, uh, Sai, I think maybe. I think it's time to blow the final whistle. And Merry Christmas, guys. Merry Christmas. Merry, Merry Christmas to our listeners. This is the Car Wash on Sakala Duma Radio. This is Ashagana Khan. This edition of the Car Wash is brought to you by Gillette Skin Guard. Gillette Skin Guard is the razor you've been looking for. This is the first razor designed specifically for men with sensitive skin. It shaves hair and protects the skin thanks to its unique new Skin Guard technology positioned between the blades. Say goodbye to razor bumps and skin irritation with Gillette Skin Guard.